Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, episode 74 of the Talking Power podcast. I am Nick DiCembre. I'm here with Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth. How are we, guys? Good, mate. That's good. good. You guys feeling refreshed after the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's good, Todd. Yourself, Simon? No. (laughs) No. No, uh, Nicholas woke up at two and didn't want to get back to sleep. Oh, really? You've been up since two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, I tried not to get out of bed and leave my wife to deal with it, <laughs> and she did. She did a fantastic job. I actually got up and went to a different bedroom, um, but Nicholas was defiant. Defiant. He, he didn't. He didn't have dinner, and he felt that at two two o'clock in the morning he wanted a snack. Yeah. Okay. Which right. you know, for a two year old, well, he's not two yet. He's twenty twenty months, twenty one months. Mm. He couldn't really communicate that that well. Yeah, he's 23 months. Oh, no, 20, yeah, 20, no yeah. January. Yeah. End of January. Yeah. Mm. It's not the end of November yet. No, I know the feeling. I didn't know the feeling. Did you? Mm. <laughs> not anymore. It's all good now. I'm trying to work out some sort of tapping, you know, three taps for food, <laughs> one for water. It's not working. Hey, um, Aussie Park show. We had a great weekend there. Todd missed out, i got to say. Yeah, I heard. It was a great weekend. We had it's all right. You wouldn't. Wouldn't have heard the EFO over the BA anyway. I did some video. I, I, I laughed. I was with some, I was with some friends that went live and I went and I was cracking them up. Like, they're like, wow, where's this? I'm like, just listen to the noise. We're in Janicott and I went, just listen to the noise towards Aussie Park. That's where it is. So. <laughs> we'll talk about that a bit later, but it was a great weekend that we had there. Um, lots happening in the motorsport world. I don't know, you guys got a text from Ryan Wilkinshaw lately? Me? No. 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 Uh, no, he's actually he's blocked me. <laughs> he's blocked me. Hey, we'll touch on we'll touch on the supercars a bit later. We've had a bit of commentary on uh, Valve. Hey, we got a we got a special guest on tonight's episode as well. Today's episode, we got Harry Haig on the line. He's winner waiting. of this year's drag challenge. Only one week old, and he has won drag <coughs> challenge. So, congratulations to him. He's on the line and waiting for us to get through to him so we'll we'll be talking with him very very shortly so stay tuned for that he tells us all the ins and outs and the um nudie run the nudie run yes wasn't he wasn't participating in the no. nudie run but anyway we'll catch up with him very very soon um hey i don't want to dwell too long on the negatives of of life at the moment but one thing an incident that happened um it's caused a lot of debate we're talking know, about china <laughs> oh, we can do it if you want. <laughs> no, I'll get banned. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, I was talking about uh, Steve Torrance and Cameron Ferrey. Now, I think all is fair in love and war, but I'm going to show you a video. Now, this is moments after their first round matchup at the Winter Nationals. Now, now, the, it, Ferrey. Uh, held Torrance out and then went in deep. Is that is that what happened? Not really. He went in. He went in under the seven seconds. But yeah, okay. You could argue. Oh, okay, okay. Still and, and then and then he rolled in. He, yeah, and he, 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 he double bulbed. Yeah, he went in deep. Double no, well, triple bulb really. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but what? I mean, it's all. That's all. Did he fair. have so? Back in the day, we used to have to write deep on our windscreen if we could. Do, for those that uh, that are listening that um, don't know what we're talking about. 
when you're at the drags and you roll forward, there are two what we call staging beams. So they're beams that go across the track and they're two corresponding lights on the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree is the starting tree. So as you roll forward and you break the first beam, the first light comes on. And as you continue to roll on, the second light comes on. And if you roll forward a little bit more, the first light will go out. Mm. We call that deep staging. So back in the day, you used to have to write deep on your windscreen so that the starter knew you were going in deep. I didn't see deep on his car. No, I don't believe there was any deep, and I don't <laughs> believe no I don't believe he signified the deep, but I don't believe he's required to either. And he got in within his allocated time. <clears throat> anyway, Steve Torrance took offence to that. I'm going to just play the video. I want to know what your thoughts are. You guys tell me you haven't seen this incident. So. No, I haven't yet. No. All right. No. Okay, let's have a watch here. <laughs> wow. Nick, I do believe that we've just met the next John Force. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I have never heard anyone talk that fast before in my life. Look, you can understand his frustration and, and I, I just don't Yeah, but hang on, hang on, hang on. He he did tree him, mm, right? Yeah. But he was in deep. Yeah. Right. So once again, for those of you listening in, when you go in deep, generally your reaction time. Mm. So so the car can move uh, before the timer is triggered. Right. So the theory is that from when the amber light flashes, so pro tree, there are three amber lights. They flash all at once. From when that occurs to when the green light is activated, there is four tenths of a second. So you can start rolling forward and until you break the beam, the timing computer does not know that your car has moved, right? So we leave on the ambers and if we time it right, we get you know a, a, a perfect reaction time. Now it's very difficult on a fuel car because uh, you're leaving from idle. So, you, you know, you listen to a top alcohol car or a door slammer, they generally got the RPM up. The, um, the fuel cars leave from idle. So to cut a very good reaction time is very, very difficult. Mm. Um, now, he cut a, a sub-0.1 reaction time, which is, is pretty reasonable, but it wasn't really that good. The thing is, though, uh, the amount that you make up on the reaction time, you lose off your elapsed time. So your elapsed time will be slower, right? So if you're, if you're, trying, if you're qualifying... What you'll generally try to do is put the car in as shallow as possible. Like, you basically just want that second bulb just on. You want the edge of your tyre just touching mm. it because that gives you a longer run-up before the, the timing uh, beam starts, right? Whereas what he's done, his reaction time might look good, but in reality, was it good? Well, not really. No, um, you, I mean, I think he was behind by... He was he fell behind even by half track or even closer, yeah. but mm. Torrance hosed him. Yeah, he got hosed, but I mean I, I just don't like the look of it. I think you know, they were shaking hands or Torrance was shaking. No, he was obviously shaking said his something hand. smart to him. Yeah, I, I don't know, I still don't you, look when you race at, at that level, when you enter the group one uh, arena, um, the first things first, people generally so so I, I raced group one for a season and I did the Australian tour and I'd already had 
a lot of years of racing behind me. The first thing is when you enter that arena, regardless of how big your budget is, you need to earn their respect. So doing stuff like that, you know, he's he's having a shot at goals blindfolded, really, because the chances of them uh, winning based on pulling a stunt like that in a start line, you're up against the guy that's got the championship in his hand. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's been racing for a long time. It's not like Steve Torrance just started racing. Yeah. So he would have been better off just going there, accepting the fact that the only way he was going to lose was if the crew chief made a bad call and it smoked the tyres. And if he had a one, they would have shook hands at the end of the track. Torrance would have been spewing because I think that the championship came down to a handful of points at yeah, the end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Right? Torrance would have been spewing because chances were that he would have lost the championship based on that run. But nonetheless, Torrance would have just been, oh, you know, that kid's going to be an up-and-coming and he would have been able to give a great interview. But now, you know, it's kind of mud. And now every time he pulls up next to a racer, they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be thinking, is this kid going to try and pull a stunt? Yeah. Thing is, though, it would have been funny to watch him fight because they're both the size of midgets. <laughs> <laughs> and... I can't imagine that either of them could fight. No. I mean, I that, that wasn't a punch. Um, that was kind of a slap. It was. Well, a forward-facing yeah, slap. Yeah, yeah. Open, like open hand. hands kind of you know. deal. But anyway, I, I didn't like the look of it. Uh, Steve, it's got Stevie $25,000 find. And also... Nick, Nick, those cars, right, they cost about twenty-five grand to run. So I don't think he's too worried. No, no, I don't believe so either. And, <laughs> and it was, was the championship was two fifty. Two fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but and not only that, he's also had to participate in anger management classes as well. So no points, no points uh, penalty. Do you think all Steve? short people should participate in anger management classes? Oh, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. But uh, I, I just think is there a trend here? Is there something? <laughs> it like, looks that way, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Keep your eye on me then. There's no, no one's entering no into one's this discussion. <laughs> um, anyway, I didn't really like the look of it, but in you know, the social media backlash has been quite quite stern. A lot of towards Torrance. Yeah, or? towards Torrance. There's not been a lot of support for him out there. But anyway, um, he's still the champion, and he will no doubt defend that championship for. Th- Next year, which will make if he wins it next year, will be three years in a row. So, who's his crew chief? Um, I'm not sure, but I know his father is quite heavily involved in the team. But I don't know. So, um, so really, in in terms of the big teams, they're a one car team. And a two car two team. car team, yeah, yeah. and self funded. Yes, yeah. Oh, they are. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So, so is he is he an owner of? Yeah, oil wells oh. throughout Texas. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Look, on that note, we got Harry on the line, so we'll take a short break here, and when we have him back, we'll have Harry Haig, winner of Drag Challenge 2019, on the line. Hi, everyone. It's Nick from the Talking Power Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. If you like podcasts, I have another podcast called the Sylvan Australia Podcast, where we talk all things agriculture. On the Sylvan Australia podcast, we discuss the agricultural industry with a view to inform and advise our listeners different practices, news and industry trends across Australia. So you can find that podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud, or if you go to the Sylvan Australia website, you'll be able to find it there. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, episode 74 of the Talking Power podcast, and we have on the line with us... Harry Haig, winner of Drag Challenge 2019. Thanks for joining us again, Harry. 
Harry's boys, how we doing? We're going really well. We're going really well. Hey, Harry, do you get like some giant, like, crown or something to wear now? Or? Uh, I get a jacket, which I haven't taken off, and I've got a camshaft <laughs> trophy, which they dropped. Um, Telfo dropped it and busted it, and, and they've uh, zip tied it and tech screwed it and stuck gum leaves on it. So when they told me that Wednesday, I sort of knew it was mine. Is it an LS can? I'm not actually sure what it is. But yeah, I should know. I've looked at it for the last bloody six days, but yeah, I'm not actually sure. Hey, look, it was a great effort, I must say, and I, I've been uh, keeping across uh, Drag Challenge. Thanks thanks to those guys you just mentioned, actually, at Street Machine. I think they did an awesome coverage of this year's Drag Challenge, and I think that upped the ante, in my opinion. Like, last year, I think the videos were kind of seven to eight minutes long. This year, they're all, most of them were just uh, under half an hour. So the coverage was excellent and hats off to those guys. And that's how people like us in Western Australia kept, uh, were, were kept across what, what you were doing over there. Yeah, no, the boys, um, they got um, Matty Reiki from the States. Um, he does the, he does the videos for um, Drag Week and, and they got him over to do that. And um, he's one of the hardest working blokes I've ever seen. Like he'll be up to three in the morning putting the videos together and, um, yeah, no, the, the the video content and stuff that they're doing these days, and with all the all their uh, drones and all the other stuff they got, is yeah, is comparable to anyone else in the world. I reckon they, you know they're, they're smashing it. So no, that's spot on. Certainly. So so if he works till three in the morning, he must work half as hard as you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he always he still beats us to bed, but yeah, right, yeah, no, he, he's uh, call him the draft horse. He just yeah, he puts in, and uh, he's one of the best blokes you'll ever meet in your life. He's, he's a legend. So yeah. Big, big hi to Maddie and, and, and the boys from the Street Machine. So listen, day one, call the park, right? You're in the 760s. Yep. Daniel unloads the 735. What were you thinking? Um, well, when we, we sort of, we had two cars there. We had Cordy's and mine. And yeah, we got there. When he, when he went, we got out and went a 60. And yeah, they went a 737. And I thought, ah, oh, well, we're done. But yeah, here we go. And um I thought, you know, that's, and they were going to go out again, and I'm like, yeah, we went out again, and we sort of went the same, and it was getting late in the day, and, and um, yeah, Cordy Singh, um, I was more worried about his. We sort of did a couple laps of mine, and he only ran a 980, which is the slowest he's ever been in his life in that car, and, yeah, we took us a while to figure out that the wastegate was loose, and, yeah, we, we ran out of time there, but, yeah, Tom, we sort of got our shit together as the day was over, so, yeah, we set to deal with it. I, I found it quite quite amazing. I mean, we'll probably jump a little bit ahead here, but you seem to have a really good run at, at Calder, at, certainly on day five, which is traditionally you've gone to Calder on day five where the car's broken down and you've had to park in the... <laughs> You, 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 the disabled uh, yeah. bike. That's... <laughs> yeah, you know, we, uh, we oh, as you know, our run of luck, we uh, we don't normally have any at all. And um, <laughs> we got to, we knew, we sort of, after Portland, like the, the conditions this year were like nothing you've ever seen. Like we got to Mildura and we drove all night from Monday night to get up to Mildura and we got there the next day and um, the wind was just like a hundred kilometre wind was just dust. You couldn't see in front of you. And the guy dragging the track, like he'd start at one end, the track was brown like a dirt road. He'd drag it. By the time he got the other end, the black mark that he made was already covered in dust again. And then, yeah, it was it was a battle. Every track was a battle. But the actual colder on Friday night was was on kill. What they sent ten cars down, then it rained. So yeah. It, it, it was different, that's for sure. Jumping back to day two, I probably jumped a little bit too far ahead there, but jumping back to day two, uh, Sunset Strip in Mildura, 
I, I gotta be honest with you from the, the video you could see the dust in the video when you can see dust in a video there must be like 10 times the amount in real life it, was, it looked really bad Oh, it was, well, that's, I mean, we, we got there, I think we got there at three in the morning. We set the swags up and we've got little panels on the side of our trail that we take off to, um, to get to our tools and stuff. We put a swag behind a tree and we had to put the panel behind it so we could roll it out so the swag wouldn't blow away. Like, it was hell <laughs> and you've got no idea. Like, and we're all, yeah, all the boys have got swags behind tractors and things that are solid. Like, yeah, I'd never seen nothing like it and it didn't let up till probably nine o'clock that Monday night. Like, yeah, and... So we had made a couple of oil downs and yeah, just the dirt. And I had Terry, Terry's on the phone screaming at me, get back out in the lane, this and that. And I'm making what like, poles of sand, sandcastle at the end of the track and sending videos. I'm like, doesn't matter if you're lost, mate, we're not getting this car down here today. Like, yeah. So we were drawing his name in the, in the, in the track, in the dirt. And, yeah, it, it was a battle, eh? But in saying that, you managed the 520. That was with a massive, massive pedal. Correct me if I'm wrong. From the video, I remember you had a massive pedal on that 520. Yeah, we, it sort of it got to, oh, I don't know, probably 7 or 8 o'clock and the wind started to drop down and, um, yeah, the boys were still working hard on the track and it, all of a sudden it, the track started to come around and we, we watched a couple of DYO blokes go and I said, well, let's, um, let's, let's get something on the board and, and we went out um, and because no one had a run all day, the, the staging lanes and all that were curled through the car park and it was an absolute shit show at the time and, Everyone's trying to get a running because the track started coming good. Yeah, we went to 520 with a pedal, and um, a couple of other boys they sort of went started going in the in the teens, and then mm. I think um, Kai went in uh, 511, and then we went we were going to go back out again, but they shut the lanes. So yeah, we we the track was probably the best I've ever seen it, and that was late at night. And even the the track blokes couldn't believe like it was that cold. It was getting cold and whatever, but. Um, yeah, it was the track come around like yeah, you, it, you could have ran a PB there if they if they went another hour. Yeah, it would have been a lot of cars in the fours, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Hey Harry, I know you didn't do it, but I'm just going to ask anyway. This is what I love about drag challenge. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about Kai's nudie run? Oh, Kai, the, the Kai the Creswick sausage is uh, he's hung like a rogue donkey and he doesn't mind showing everybody. So uh, when something happens, if he uh, if, if he goes one point tenth of a tenth quicker than what he did the other day, you can absolutely guarantee that uh, Kyle will get get the gear off and start running around. And he's done some other antics that I won't talk about on here, but there's not too many days in drag challenge where he doesn't get get get, get the kid off a couple of times a day and uh, do some impressive stuff. But did he he ran an eleven? Correct me if I'm wrong as well. Yeah, 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 he I went an eleven. So. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The thing, that that thing is uh, one of the, one of the most impressive cars. I've seen a five three in a in a Commodore and um, yeah they've, they've worked worked pretty hard on them boys but yeah it, it is a weapon yeah. so um, they, they shut a lot of the big boys down with that thing and um, I think yeah I think he got quickest LS in his class and everything so yeah. yeah. Day three, your same same venue. Unfortunately, um, you weren't able to get to Swan Hill or the Swan Hill event got cancelled, so it was. Day three was at uh, Mildura again. Looked like the conditions were a little bit better on day three. You didn't have the dust and the wind. That wasn't quite as was. No, no. The um, the, the wind had calmed down and whatever. And the only drama we had, we all sort of got set to go. And then um, one bloke uh, got to the start line and he'd been having oil filter problems or something all day. And he took off and didn't realise. I don't know if the oil filter must have come off because he went from the start line to the finish line and just hose the track like it sprayed over to the other side it was that bad I think and yeah that, that put sort of a two hour delay on it and then 
um, yeah, when we actually got rolling, I said to I said to Terry, um, yeah, put put the barn burner in it because I don't think we're going to get too many chances today. At, at Mildura, you've got to get in early and and, um, the and before burn. the sun gets there and it get, get, gets too too early. So yeah, we uh, stuck it in it and it's stuck. And yeah, we we, we got got a four ninety. So yeah, mm. we we were pretty happy with that after the after the day before and yeah, all the rest of it. What sit we yeah, sitting around in the flies there. The size of elephants, I'll cart you away. There's about eight million of them <laughs> per person, so it's not the most happiest place to be. And that, that was the quickest run of the day, yeah. Yeah, we well, one. Of, I only found it later on. We were only the second person to ever run a run a four there um, on, on any of the eight tracks. So yeah, it, it, it was it was pretty good. That sort of put us back in contention. Um, yeah, with with the front runners, and yes, we, we were on a march then. We, we, we were on a, yeah, a real good, real good run. So yeah, it all sort of it, the tables turned on that pass, you could say. It, it certainly appeared that way. But I, I must be honest with you, like you ran the ninety. I don't think anyone else dropped into the fours on the eight mile tracks at all for the whole event. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were it in terms of of four second passes on the eight miles. But I noticed. It appeared, I don't know if it was creative editing, it may have well been, but I noticed after that 90, it seems like the other guys, will just uh, Kai, uh, Brendan Sherry, and also Darren, uh, sorry, Daniel, they, they seem to, they threw in a heap of passes go, trying to get a four as well, or am I, is that just creative editing? Yeah, no, 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 they, everyone, everyone sort of, they swung for it, they knew the track was there, but um, yeah, like the, the previous best we could ever do, like last year, I think, me and Frankie, we just, you know, we're doing hot laps all day. And I, th- mm. I think Frankie went like a 15, I went an 18 or something. And, yeah, you can normally, it'll leave it, like, spin off the start or the middle or the top. Like, it, it's, it's when it gets hot and sticky there, it's it's hard to put one down. And when we did, we sort of, we sort of knew, yeah, well, if anyone goes quicker than that, well, they bloody deserve it. Because, yeah. yeah, we worked pretty hard. And and, and Terry is the uh, is the goat track, track master on the computer. So, um, yeah, he, he, uh, he got it dialed in and, yeah. We're pretty happy at the end of that, you, I can tell you. You got to wait for those clouds to part, don't you, Harry? It's just <laughs> yeah. that window of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and it's few and far between up there. Like, yeah, like the, the poor old track blokes—they were there to bloody, I think, one one o'clock or twelve o'clock the night before, and back there the next morning, and a couple of oil downs, and and yeah, hell, they didn't throw their hands in the air and hope that you can go home for volunteers. I'll never know, but yeah, big ups to them boys. They they worked hard. So. Mate, they were all there to see the four-second pass. That's yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually pretty happy. Well, actual that track owner actually come and thanked me. What he's been saying the day before, and whatever he goes, I just want to put on a good track for you. I said, mate, it's pretty hard to put on a good track when there's bloody dirt on top of it. But, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, um, yeah. He came up and congratulated us, and nah, they're they're all good boys up there. So uh, I, was, I was happy to do it for them. Probably the only drama you did have was entering in day four. Correct me if I'm wrong. You actually broke a couple of rockers, but retrieving spare rockers may have proved to be a bit of a challenge. Can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> Frank Marchese and uh, and what they did with those those spare rockers that they? Yeah, well, we uh, well after we left um, after we'd done our four ninety whatever it was it was actually before lunch so um, we got the cars swapped over both cars swapped over and. Um, Said the boys, shit, we might even score a pub lunch. So anyway, Tommy packed up and fired around. It wasn't a pub lunch. It was like three o'clock. So we yeah, got back into town, fueled up, and got some KFC. And and it's always it's hilly coming out here, and your car always runs hot. The trams, everything coming out of that place like it's um, it was a side wind. And 
yeah, we got to just before our unit, we'll cruise along pretty good, and and next minute I hear one of the cylinders go off. I'm like, here we go. So yeah, <laughs> pulled up, pulled up on the side of the road, and and uh, I started up, and I, I could see oil coming out the uh, one of the pipes. I'm like, oh, I reckon it, reckon we've done an intake rocker. So anyway, pulled it apart, found we had a broken rocker, and. Put, put the call out on the social media to, to get one and I rang Frankie. I said, you wouldn't happen to have a bloody one of these rockers. He goes, I have. It's a different ratio and they're at the first checkpoint and they're at the grain silos. And he goes, but you're gonna, we're going to make you earn it. I'm like, yeah, no worries. So we uh, we got um, one of the boys from the States, Jesse Adams, had come out. He gave me a hand. We, we wired up the one of the, um, the lifters so it wasn't touching the cam and got creative there and pulled the spark plug out and disconnected the injectors and there's a couple of videos you'll see on the Aussie Cheval page of us driving along with the most painful noise in the world if you've ever had to drive with a spark plug out. Uh, Wog that was with me, he had his earplugs in and his helmet, like, just for the noise. Um, yeah, we got, anyway, we got to the, the checkpoint and... Uh, Mate, I've got to know, I've got to know, was yeah. it fence wire? Uh, what wire was it? It was, it actually was... Uh, between you and me, because no one else is listening, uh, it was security wire out of the fence from the survey. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, they were kind of, were were, enough to donate them. While you were driving along, did you think you could use that air to pump the tyres up or something like we used to in the old days? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I actually, actually would have thought a million-dollar idea of making a muffler for the, the spark plug the muffler spark system. Plug. <laughs> so for anyone else that goes through it, because anyone would buy it if you've had to listen to that noise for a while. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, we got to the silos, and Frankie sends me a picture of what this bloody silo, and it, the ladder, the ladder to get up to it, the bottom bit was missing, so... The first 15 feet was missing, and there's this bloody great ladder that goes, oh, it have to be, I don't know how many metres, it would have to be bloody 100 feet tall, and here from the, the plastic tape hanging off one of the rafters of the silo was there, bloody, look how rockery left us, so. And you've all, all, all seen how fit I am, and, and a couple of, one of the wog that's with me, he's afraid of heights, and we had um, Cordy, a couple of young blokes, and then, the, yeah, Jesse pulled up from the States, and he goes, I'll grab that, next minute, he Somehow managed to make up the distance where the ladder was it, and he's hanging upside down. The next minute, he's on top of the bloody silo, walking around with this rocker in his hand, waving it around his head. Like, Shit, I'm glad he was here because none of us were getting up there. So, um, yeah, so we got that and then got it back down and, and um, yeah, put it put it all together and yeah, and cruised on through the night. So. But that's the spirit of um, of of drag challenge, drag challenge, isn't it? I mean, that's that's part of the the camaraderie, I guess. I mean, Frank, Frank, uh, I watched the video. And Frank said he was gonna he was gonna lend it to you, but he's gonna make you work for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I would have done the same. I, I said to I said to him, um, when I saw him the next day, I said the only you know, only thing that could make my life better is one day you need a part off me and I'll, I'll show you about earning it so um, yeah so hopefully that happens and uh, we get a bit of a payback but nah, it's um, all the boys it doesn't matter if yeah what class or whatever and um, anyone will help anyone that's, that's doing it uh, everyone sort of knows how tough we do it and uh, yeah the, the, I couldn't thank the boys enough the next day and uh, yeah nah, mm-hmm. everyone's a pretty good on the on the whole thing like from the top to the bottom like anyone will help anyone it's, it's, and that's what makes it so good so um, yeah that said at Portland but they were, they were coming pretty hard at you at Portland because Portland that that 
that was real sketchy. I mean, from from the video, it looked pretty ordinary. There was rain in the morning. Correct me if I'm wrong. And you you unloaded a 505 and a 507 there. In that, it was a massive pedal in in those two passes. I thought. Um, yeah, well, the the track when we got there, like we, they were talking rain all, all the time, and we got, I think we got an hour and a half from the track. The, the, that um, when we left Mildura, we we rolled the swags out, and the truck stopped. None, they were all bugging, and one of the other mates that was driving Cordy's car, he's like, "No, I'm done." He goes, "I can't go any further." Mm. So yeah, we we sort of got there a bit late in the morning. It was look, when we woke up, it was drizzling rain, and we got there, and like everything was wet, and they're going, "Oh, today's going to be a battle, like." And yeah, every time they went to start the track, it would bloody drizzle rain and whatever. And it was just, I rode, I had a little pit bike and I rode down the end of the track in the morning and you could see sort of the moisture in, in well, it wasn't puddles, but you could see all the damp spots and there was no sun or anything to dry it up. And um, yeah, I, a couple of boys went down and I think someone hit the wall or whatever, but yeah, it was sketchy yeah. like yeah. all day. Like um, even with Cordy's car, like Cordy lost first gear at. Um, Mildura, and I said, mate, don't spool it up or anything. Just put it in the beams and just drive down there in what manner and just get it back into the lanes and we'll save it for another day because he's only on a little tyre. And I thought if it comes home hard, where everyone will sort of get loose, although we don't need that again. So, um, yeah, but we sort of, yeah, we hung around. Sort of everyone else had left. There was sort of only 10 cars left. And, um, yeah, we got, I'd, it's all trees at the start line at Portland, so you sort of can't see behind you, but I'm sort of poking my head out back through the trees, and I've seen a bit of a break in the clouds. I said to the boys, I reckon in about 20 minutes, it's going to be our best chance to do something. So, yeah, we had Terry on the laptop and whatever, and yeah, we we got, I think it was a 505, but um, yeah. we've done a fair few passes before that. But yeah, anything at the top end, what like, didn't matter, well, we'll knock and pair out of it and everything, and it'd still get loose in the top end. Like, um, yeah, it was a real battle, so... Did you have a good look at the garden shed through the breaking area? Uh, I used, I went, I wasn't packing me chutes because we're trying to do hot laps, so I was using every bit of that return <laughs> road and some of the dirt on the end <laughs> of it. Every, it is the second return every, road in the dirt. Every lap, and there was, there was a tractor park at, park at the end, and I'm yeah. sure it shit itself a few times when I went past it. But, <laughs> Uh, exactly yeah. what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think I talked to the couple of boys there, and they're like, oh, you're keen doing that. I'm like, we haven't got time to pack shoots today. If we, if we want the side of it, we want the side of it. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, we, yeah on a, um, and the, the wind and all that this year, um, with all the conditions as well, the same as at Mildura and all that, was just windy as hell. Like, I didn't know that was worse to hit the wall or pull the shoots some days. But, uh, um, yeah, I've never seen nothing like it, so... Anyway, moving on, day five. So this is where I was saying before, like you normally day five, you roll into Calder Park and you've got a handful of issues, not a handful, like a heap of issues, or you've had to sleep at the at the truck bay somewhere or doing repairs. So Or not sleep. Yeah, but this year you, <laughs> yeah. you got there quite early from what I understand and uh, you, had to, you had to park up at the at the survey. They wouldn't allow you to park at Calder Park? Yeah, no. We, um, well, after we, after we left Portland and all that and... Uh, and yeah, we sort of done done everything. We we're sort of last to leave Portland, and um, Frankie and the other boys were going to the pub for tea. And the, the boys are only eating bloody macas and bloody shit food all week. I'm like, nah, we'll go to the pub and we'll stir them up while they're there, of course. So we um, yeah went to the pub and had a good feed. And, um, yeah, we we sort of filled up and and got going, and and we sort of it was raining and couldn't see much at Portland, and the weather started to get better close. We got to Melbourne, and I reckon we yeah we got to the checkpoint and we got probably 
two hours past the checkpoint, and when um, Phil was driving Cordy's car, he pulls up, I'm like, here we go. And he goes, oh, no, I just need a piss, so we hop it out, had a piss, whatever, and pop back in, and we um, tipped a couple more drums of fuel in, and next minute, we, the, the route took us to Geelong, and then on the freeway all the way into Melbourne, and we're cruising along, and we got to, you know, on the freeway, and we're cruising along, and we, then the next minute, we're at Calder Park, and we're like, yeah, right, eh? And we pulled up, and we're all cheering at each other because we'd made it, and then the Indian bloke came out the front, and he was making a big song and dance about his camping at the front, like, mate, we're the same guys that were here last year, or every year, but yeah, he wasn't having any of it. So anyway, we had to go, buddy, get load back up, and uh, went up the survey, which worked out better anyway, so we rolled the swags out there, and um, they had hot showers, and we had a good brekkie in the morning, and yeah, we sort of, we cruised up, and it was probably the most sleep, I think, we got there at 1.30 in the morning, and um, just before we got to bed, I said, I sort of got back up and I said, the boys, we didn't break down tonight. Like, <laughs> That's the first time in six years on a road trip that not one thing has gone wrong. Like, yeah, well, we sort of all woke up again then. And yeah, no, we, we had a real good run and we got um, got there early the next morning and um, yeah, we, we were on. It, to, to, from an outsider's point of view watching the video, Calder Park looked, looked a bit of a buzz that day, That even that into that evening as well. I must say it looked well supported by a lot of locals as well. They came down to watch. Yeah, no, because, well, you know, this is a, um, you know, probably 70 or 80% of the boys that go in it are Melbourne boys or, mm. you know, within an hour or two. Um, everyone sort of got behind it and, it was a good Friday night and the weather wasn't too bad. And, yeah, there, there was a, a, probably one of the biggest crowds I've seen at Calder for a long time. Um, and the boys had put him hard for the track. And the track, like I say, when we when we first got there, the uh, the track was as good as anywhere I've ever seen. Like, it, it what, was nearly trying to tear your shoes off. I'm like, here we go. And then, yeah, it, ten minutes later, it bloody rained again. But, um, yeah, the actual crowd, even in the stands and even in the pits, the pits were just buzzing. Like, yeah, yeah it was really cool to see. So we had a couple of guys here. Brendan Sherry, he went a 66, 766 that is. Uh, Daniel went 748 um, and a 57 as well. But you went 47 on, on that, that evening, I noticed. I think you were the quickest even at Calder Park that night. Uh, what did we go? I think we went a 49 and Daniel went a 48. And then um, we don't realize. I realised we did... We did first pass was an eight oh. We put a we put a new uh, there was a, a where the hat goes on the throttle body. We lose a bit of boost and Terry's jumping up and down about it. So we found a gasket and anyway, of course when you put a new part on this car it spits it out. So we we went at eight oh the first pass. It spat the gasket out. We lost all the boost. So yeah. we, we give that give give that the ass and um, we went back out. Yeah, we went a we went a forty nine and and uh, yeah we went to start it again and I'm. As I'm starting, I hear one of the cylinders. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say anything, but I reckon we've done another rocker. But let's just go out. I won't, won't tell the boys. So yeah, we've done another rocker. But yeah, um, yeah we went, we went, went out, went another fifty, and uh, I think we went, tried to go again. We had like a, a 720 in it, but um, yeah, it took off, and then yeah, wasn't happy about the, the other cylinder not playing the game, and um, got a bit sketchy. So yeah, we got out of it, and then come back, and then it rained. So. Mm. Uh, it was a bit unfortunate, really. It would have been good that it was still going to, to lay a real, real quick one down because the track was killer. And um, yeah. yeah, but it, it, same thing. It was you know, the weather was the same thing. It, it was a battle for everyone. Um, I know Dan and a couple other boys. Every time they went out of the bloody rain, we said, "Stop washing that car, mate!" Like every time you bring it out, it bloody rains. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you end up calling it the rainmaker, that bloody thing. But 
a lot of pe- there was a lot of commentary saying he should uh, go up to northern New South Wales, Daniel, and, and help some of the farmers. <laughs> yeah, there. yeah, well, that's what I said. I, saw, I think a few of us said, mate, I said, mate, you don't say that to Queensland, you'll actually you'll make a lot of money. Like, yeah. But, um, Every time that's what happens when you wash your yeah. car, I suppose. Every time he was out on the line, it, it started raining. It was quite, quite unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, and it happened probably four times during the week. At Portland, it happened a couple of times. Like they'd drive the track, and he was he'd be sitting in the lanes. They'd push him back out, and he'd just do his burnout stage, and it'd rain. Like I reckon it happened twice at Portland, and yeah, I've never seen nothing like it. Like. Um, that's what I was, was going to nearly wash mine on the last day, and the street machine blacks were like, "Don't bloody wash that car! You'll you'll make more rain." I'm like, "Yeah, you're probably right." So. <laughs> hey, Harry, you speaking about maintenance? Can you confirm something for us? Is it true that you didn't change the oil or your jocks from Mildura onwards? Oh, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was lucky when they told me at the broken trophy, and after we went four ninety, and I said to the boys. This is normally where we're going bad. Like this is where normally like, shit, shit's going real pear shaped. It's going good. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I'm not messing it up, eh? So, yeah, I, I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but I wasn't giving it uh, any chances to bloody change. So, um, yeah, the, the Friday night, Friday night show, Saturday morning when I go and shower, rip me jocks off, walk in the house, and throw them out in the middle of the yard. It's not going to be good for anything ever again. <laughs> Hey, look, Harry, we think it's an amazing effort, and, and for you to win your first Drake Challenge is, is an amazing effort. Up, You're up against some pretty big, pretty big hard hitters that, that came from, especially not just the Victoria, but even from around around Australia, obviously. So I think it's an amazing effort what you've done, uh, and we congratulate you all, especially I know a lot of people in Western Australia watch the Drag Challenge, and I know a few West Aussies went over there this year. Um, but it's something that, uh, in my own view, I believe, I strongly believe that it's, um, I won't say the future of drag racing, but I think it's an untapped uh, resource in drag racing that we need to really get behind and promote. That's why we, we uh, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no worries. Oh, like I've said, that when you know, Scotty Taylor and Tolfo you know, first rang me about it, Oh, five or six years ago, and, and they, they hit me about the idea. And what do you reckon? I said, mate, it wouldn't matter if we were going to do a cake sale. If you, people just want to drive their shit, like, there's that many cars get built in Melbourne and probably over your way as well. Every week, the chassis shops, you know, they're punching out two roll cages and that a week, and there's not many places to race. And I said, mate, people don't really care. They just want to be able to, you know, all these streeters getting built, or they just want to jump in and drive them. So, yeah, I, I'm... I'm pretty sure that, you know, another couple of events sort of like it will pop up, what they have in the States, Power Tour, like a little bit more relaxed one. And, um, yeah, but I, I, what you say, I think it is the way to go. And, and it and gives, the, you know, the little tracks a bit of a pump up too and um, when they yeah. normally wouldn't be running, it tips a bit of money in for them. And, yeah, um, and the, I've got to say that the cops and all that have been spot on about it. Like, they know what we're doing. We've, got, we've seen probably four or five of them this week. Mm-hmm. When we were doing it, you know, and and they seen the trailer and all the stuff on it, and knew knew you know doing it pretty hard, and, and that, that that were cool, cool, really cool about it. So yeah, I'm pretty happy about that too, really. Yeah, yeah. Hey Harry, before we finish up, can you just tell us a little bit about Drag Week as well? I, I um. I know you went over there this year again. Can you tell us a little bit about how that went for you this year? Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, we took... Um, we had uh, the Chevelle, obviously, this year. Mm-hmm. 
and the wagon that I sort of bought for Cordy, or yeah. me and Robbie sort of went halves, and I bought the wagon. I said, I'll supply the car and everything, and you supply the engine. So um, last year, our engine turned up the day we left, so we had to put an old dunger in it, and this year we had the good engine in it, and um, yeah, it had a fair few teeth and dramas, but um, yeah, it was mainly mainly about the young bike this year. I, I was more excited than anybody that he was there, and he actually got to come and see what we'd normally do, so uh, and yeah, that, that was the whole whole bit of it this year, and, and the people over there just treated him like their own kid, and he got to see stuff that you know, some of us will never get to see what taking in the bloody trailers and showing stuff, and yeah, mm. it, it was a really cool deal. Well, I know Mike Finnegan of Roadkill fame is, speaks very highly of you, and, and rightfully so. And I know Drag Week over there is a, is a huge week for them now, and uh, the fact that you can get over there and, and compete um, in the upper echelon of that of that category, I think, is amazing to be honest. And, and not just yourself, but there's a number of Aussies that head over there, and I think. It's a magnificent effort, what you guys have done. Yeah, like, we probably, got same as, what, Drag Week or Drag Challenge or whatever, we probably do it on the least budget out of everybody. They probably spend more on motels than what we spend on the whole thing. But, um, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's, it's an awesome deal over there. And once you go once with the people and that, and especially if you've got a car that breaks down or what, you, what you I always have people that watch the news, which they get deluded. And they go, well, would you go there, this and that? Or what? Like, yeah, don't watch the news. Go there and actually meet the people and break down. And like, I've never seen one person that wouldn't give you their shirt off their back to you know, get you out of trouble. Or, yeah. the, the, the racing bit's cool, but the people are just yeah on another level. Like um, their, their hospitality and stuff. Like, and I even noticed with Cordy this year, like stuff that we never normally never get to see. They'd see a young bloke at the track, like the track owner had come up, thank him for being there, showing him where everything was, and what, yeah, they'd drive him around in the golf buggy, like, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a really cool deal, and uh, I was, yeah, re- re- we're really fortunate to be able to go and do it, and, and um, you know, the, the people there, we're pretty well known there, there. Um, mm-hmm. They sort of, you know, people know we're a low-budget deal, and, uh, and you can't walk past a pit without getting a feed or a beer thrown at you, or, you know, a bit of fuel or whatever, like yeah, there's, there's nothing to ever too much trouble, and um, yeah, it, it's yeah. really really awesome. Ma, ah, that's great. That's and that's great to hear. I guess that again, once again, without repeating myself, it's the spirit of drag challenge slash drag week. So that's great to hear. Hey, um, Harry, what's the plans for 2020? Um, the plan is what well, it's. We've been in the drought here for oh, we're in, in our work for um. Oh, I reckon four or five months now. So mm. try, actually try and round some money and pay, pay the credit card off and all the other debts I've got going on at the moment <laughs> yep. and catch up a bit. And then, um, yeah, I'm not sure what's... We've, the drag racing thing's a bit caught. And I think they're, someone said they're resurfacing colder, which I hope they do. And we're going to see what's happening with the Swan Hill track as well. So yeah. um, it's probably going to be a pretty quiet start to the year. And, um, yeah, we'll... we'll We'll go to Drag Week again, and um, yeah, we'll uh, see what happens from there. I guess. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair. Enough. You're from Shepparton, aren't you? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love Shepparton. I went there a couple of years ago. Actually, nice, nice part of Australia. Actually. Yeah. Um, no, it's not too bad. Nick Nick sells farm equipment. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Don't come to Shepparton at the moment. You'll be broke. <laughs> <laughs> No, we leave that to our good friend uh, Leo Schoonderbeek at Koenig's, actually. He he's does does really well for us over there. I'm sure he'd be able to sell some yeah. water carts over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sell anything over here at the moment. You're doing well. It's, uh, there's a lot of tight purse strings. I don't know what it's like over there, but it's yeah, even... Much the same. Uh, you know, 
the, the tyre shop and the bearing shop and you just drive around town when, with oh. the trucks and stuff when I go to get bits and yeah, it's, it's very quiet like um, yeah I don't, I don't know how you boys are going over there but um, no, we, we yeah, haven't got a drought we've got a state government aiming for a surplus same thing really. yeah 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 well that's just a, a story for another day isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yes. and what's up what's happened with the, with the cars over there with the Camry and all that I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been seeing much of it. Oh, I wonder where we're, where we're at. Mate, I, I've got two kids under two, so <laughs> no, <laughs> you're, not, you're not going. You're not going anywhere ever again. No, no, no. But but I, I am working on something at the moment. There's a uh, a guy over here, Captain Scud, and uh, oh, he, I reckon I've seen his video the other day. Yeah, yeah he's uh, working on a, a Honda Sonata because that's going to be the new drag radial contender. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, so yeah, well, well, keep keep your eyes peeled for that one. <laughs> no, I'll be sure to. <laughs> hey, Harry, look, we really appreciate your time and coming on the podcast once again. Uh, congratulations on the win; it's very well deserved. And congratulations to also Cordy as well for his uh, his drag week attempt and also uh, in the um, the Corolla at Drag Challenge. Well done to you guys and your family, and we wish you all the best. Uh, we'll be talking to you, no doubt, next year, I hope. Yeah, that nah, sounds awesome, boys. Thanks for having us on. And, uh, yeah, thanks to all the listeners. And, yeah, that's uh, yeah, re- really cool. Uh, all the boys over here love your show. So, yeah, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> hey, just in closing, where can we find you? I know I know, I know where to find you, but just tell our listeners where they can find you on Facebook, uh, On Facebook, it's Aussie Chevelle mm-hmm. uh, Drag Week. And on Instagram, it's... Um, just Aussie Chevelle so okay. if you find one of them you can link back to the other ones and um, yeah the, like I say there's the videos of uh, we've had no spark plugs and rockers and all the other carry on there you can normally find most of the stuff there so uh, yeah when, 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 you, when you've got a spare minute sitting on a dunny click through and you'll, uh, you'll have a good laugh that's for sure you're going you're gonna to work on a muffler for next year no, nah, no, nah, I think it's pretty good as it is. Well, we always say we're going to, but it probably won't happen. No, nah, for the spark plug. The spark plug. Oh, yeah, well, if I get some time, I probably should. I'll be the only one that buys one. That'll be the problem. <laughs> All right, Harry, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Good on you, boys. Right, Cheers, mate. Take Cheers. care. See you, mate. Oh, it was great to have Harry on the podcast. It's much appreciated his time. I know it's quite late over there. It's still early here, but it's it's pretty late for him over there. So I was over there in Shepparton. They're three hours ahead of us. So it was great to have him on. Hey, while we're still talking drag racing, we'll just quickly touch on the Roe Memorial. Um, unfortunately, the event got cancelled on race day um, due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, timing issues at Adelaide Raceway, Adelaide International Raceway. Unfortunately, they were unable to get the timing uh, system working. Now, I'll be frank with you all. I'm sick and tired of people just whinging for the sake of whinging. No one went out to deliberately see this event fail. So, at the end of the day, I understand people's frustrations and there would have been spectators that went there. So... I mean, we need to work. We need to all collectively work together. As I said before, no one went to that meet with the intention of it not getting finished or completed. So there's been an official statement from Adelaide Drag Race Promotions. Um, We'd firstly like to thank everyone for their patience and completely understand everyone wants to know what is going on. We've been trying to keep you updated as well as having all hands on deck to fix this issue as we're not giving up. So here are the facts. We came in early this morning to set up for race day and the 
UPS or UPS as we call it was blown up this protects our sensitivity timing electronic equipment here at the racetrack to provide an uninterrupted power supply we found some damage to our computer system and we are able to swap out to a new computer and we we were able to start qualifying we've since had further faults occurring that have appeared in the system and we have been able to isolate that issue that the issue exists to cabling between the tower and the start line our team have been working tirelessly to find the exact cause and repair of this issue swapping wire etc the plan is if we can run tonight pending the timing system issues being repaired and then complete the event tomorrow fields for all classes will be seeded based on qualifying already completed as long as we can affect the repairs we will complete the event between tonight and tomorrow during the day providing we have the confidence the problem is solved our team will stay here as long as they need to fix the issue providing we can fix this issue we will be racing tomorrow for spectators please hold on to your ticket you can redeem it tomorrow or at any event here throughout 2020 this is not what we had planned nor what we want to deliver to our fans here in Adelaide so as I was saying I don't think no one intentionally goes out and does this stuff the commentary has been poor to say the least yeah um, but this is you know um, the event wasn't able in the end they weren't able to get this fixed and the event has since been cancelled it's a bit sad it is very sad and but you know Andrew Racing will continue on in Adelaide and will continue on in Western Australia and in other parts of Australia. So we just need to work together. There is also a rumour that uh, Rocket Industries, or in particular Graham Cowan, is looking at buying the Perth Motorplex. Wow. Wow. Two bombshells. These are only rumours. They haven't been confirmed yet. Well, I'm sure the Sports Minister, uh, the Honourable Mick Murray and Mark McGowan, the Premier of Western Australia, will be looking at that offer quite... The only thing is that, that my understanding is that whoever the party is that buys it needs to have $10 million in the bank and they need to have experience at running uh, drag racing events. Now, some would argue that uh, Cowan or at least his Aeroflow funny car people have got the experience, but... but um, uh, they still, from my understanding, rely on the tracks to run their portion of it. Mm. So I'm not sure how it's going to work. And the other thing is, um, do we, as as you know, uh, patrons of the sport, do we think that the Aeroflow Funny Car deal has uh, done a, a good thing for the sport, or is it is it eroded part of the sport uh, you could argue both you could yeah i know the, the, the crowd numbers at the aeroflow uh events are huge mm. you know jam-packed chockers but cowan advertises those events mm -hmm. whereas yeah. the perth motorplex uh what we'll get to this later when we talk about uh RevFest, but the thing that i really was amazed at RevFest was how many people came up and said uh, has the season started because they had absolutely <laughs> no idea because there's no advertising hasn't anymore been, yeah, so hasn't been. Uh, you know the golden states used to be one of the biggest events on the calendar western nationals and golden states two biggest events Superstock teams would be down there trying to reset the national records and having a crack at getting one of those christmas trees mm. um, and yeah there was all of about 200 spectators there from what i can understand yeah. 
and I put it down to the fact that it just wasn't advertised. And unfortunately, I believe that the Motorplex right now is in this lull where on the one hand they're saying, well, you know what, we're saving a heap of money by not advertising. But I think they're missing out on millions of dollars, not thousands of dollars, yeah. millions of dollars, yeah. uh, because that place there used to filter capacity at these events. Mm. Uh, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But this is, is something that's uh, evolving. Um, it's, it's uh, yeah, like basically fresh off the, the press as of this morning. Yeah. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Look forward to hearing more about yeah. that. All right, we'll take a break here and we'll be back right after this. Okay, Talking Power Podcast, episode 74. Newcastle Supercars. It's, I forgot to say, we're transmitting on 88.5 FM and podcasting through iTunes, Stitchers, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and our website. Thanks, Todd. No worries, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> hey, um, Supercars from Newcastle. So the Supercar um, season has wrapped up. And uh, we have another, we have Scotty McLaughlin win the championship once again. Back to back. Back to back. One year in a Falcon, one year in a Mustang. And two very different cars, I must say. Last seven wins have gone to Holden. Yeah, yeah, they've the Triple Eight have certainly come home, come home strong. I don't know how much of that has got to do with Scott's new car, that might not have been finding its stride, or how much Scott has sort of rolled off it, so to speak, and just getting the championship. One three thou, three thou value. Yeah, three thou. That's the three thou value. We have a number of comments about that, which we will we will touch on shortly. Uh, regarding our video that we did on the valve lift gate, which we'll talk about that <laughs> valve lift gate. Yeah, that's what I aptly named it. But anyway, should it be just lift gate? Yeah, lift gate. Val- yeah. Valve gate. Valve gate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving along. So it was a great championship win to to those to those guys, and um, we're just reading the. Com- we will, we'll get to those comments shortly. Anyway. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Scott's season was probably one of the most... I think he didn't put a foot wrong, with the exception of Gold Coast, where, you know, he's destroyed the car. I think that was his only mistake that he made throughout the whole season. Um, and he didn't didn't put a foot wrong. I'm a little bit disappointed with the, the backlash that he's copped since. Um, allegedly, we should throw that in there, allegedly... Oh, the text messages. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Look, Stephen Johnson on SEN uh, driver's seat has come out and said that uh, has sent him a number of text messages um, accusing him of being a cheat and whatnot. And look, at the end of the day, I Stephen Stephen Johnson Mm -hmm. has accused... Yep. ...of sending Scott McLaughlin... Oh, look, someone someone might have taken, you know, in his defence... Someone might have taken his phone while he was getting his... God. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like... I think they they put you in some sort of a seat, you know, like a hairdresser's chair or something and... I don't know. I, well, I said, frowning if you disagree, we're taking your phone, and you couldn't frown. So, yeah, you know, yeah there you go. That was it. <laughs> anyway. What do they call that when you, you take someone's phone and you put stuff on social media? 
know. Stealing? <laughs> no, no, no. There's a name for it. Yeah, uh, hacked, isn't it? You've been hacked. No, no that's hacked. when someone hacks your account. Yeah, no. yeah. Anyway. And when someone takes your phone and does it, there's a name for it because it was, it was a thing years ago. You don't know. Someone could have sent those messages. Oh, look, it's all well, speaking here. of which, speaking of which, there's a house mm-hmm. on Warwick Road. <laughs> I think it's on the corner of Warwick and Erindale Road. It's got all banana trees out the front. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know the one. You know the one? Yeah. Have you seen the roof? No. It's got 17 Ford painted on the roof. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really where Emiliano used to live. He used to live just around the corner, didn't he? Uh, he was more towards the police. Yeah, station. more towards yeah. across the road from the yeah, police, okay. from the pits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll have to go past yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was thinking that we should do a segment there. We maybe should, maybe yeah. interview him and, you know, just say, <laughs> look, I just want to... Cool. Yeah, is, the, is this the house number or, or are you... Is this like, you know, Scotty McLaughlin 17? Is that... I just noticed it yesterday and I, was, I haven't seen that before. I was wondering, did you get up and do that today? Because <laughs> the race wasn't over yet, but I guess he'd wrapped up the championship. He so. had wrapped up the championship. <laughs> but yeah, look, I was a bit disappointed. And then, you know, for Scotty Pye to buy into the whole Instagram stoush, oh, I just think it's it's not immature, but it's... I it's think, not, I think it's, it's unfortunate, right? Because Scotty McLaughlin clearly has had the best race pace He's had the best car. He's driven the, with the wheels off of it. The team's been the best. And, you know, 3,000 of valve lift or 3,500 valve lift is, is really not going to make that much of a difference. Mm. Um, and the whole deal with Fabian Coulthard, I mean, I'm not going to enter into this, but other teams have done the same thing and have gotten away with it. No fines, no, no question. Um, if you're at the front, you can, you know do whatever that's just how the yeah. rules are structured so i think that really if you're going to criticize anyone you need to criticize the supercar people mm. the people that write the rules and you know there are certain things that need to change for this category um to really get some credibility back like for example when the safety car comes out they need to shut the pits yep. it needs to happen or else you're just going to have people waiting for that safety car um, you need to, you know, think about things like having rules about the distance between cars. Uh, you need to think about the way that the restarts happen when they come off uh, the, the, the yellow flag. Yeah. All those sorts of things. And they've had plenty of time to get this formula right. Mm. And they seem to worry about changing other stuff like, you know, having super ute category and stuff like that rather than focusing on, on the um, main game. And the other thing is... I think uh, during this season, considering they started with a new car, I know everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, but the, you know, the 888 did it with, with their car. Yeah, but I didn't see 888 having to cut their wing and their diffuser every five minutes, you know, yeah. or, or, or the Falcons get extra aero uh, like these guys haven't. And I think that the last seven wins that they've had um, is because they whinged and moaned so much about the Mustang being a better car, you know? So I don't, I don't think it's like that because if you look at the field, it's not as if you've got the whole top of the field is Mustangs. Mm. You've got really two teams that are excelling and you'd have to argue that Scotty McLaughlin um, is the main reason why one team is excelling. And Fabian, Fabian's got his stride right at the end of the he season, has, which yeah. is great to see. Um, that could have been partially because... Uh, Fabian was there primarily 
to help Scotty, mm. you know, sew up the championship, and now they've they've cut him loose. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you'd have to. It could be what you said. The new car needs to be dialed in a bit more. Yeah, it was interesting. In, in Scott McLaughlin had eighteen wins, um, and two of and well, sorry, there was twenty wins across both both cars. So um, Fabian won had three wins and sorry, two wins, and Scott McLaughlin had eighteen. So there is a, I guess there is a. a not a, there's a lean towards the 17 car obviously being on kill for the first part of the season and then after Gold Coast I'm not quite sure how dialed in or non-dialed in that car is but I would also suggest that he was just going after the championship yeah, from Gold Coast I think, and, and, and I personally myself I watched the Newcastle race from start to finish both days mm. um, those 86s Gee, there's some carnage with those things. Yeah. They are ridiculous. Yeah, like a couple of them got messed up on the weekend. Oh, they? I think more than a couple. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, nonetheless, I, I didn't feel that that uh, uh, Scotty or Fabian were at 11 tenths. Mm. I think that they were pacing themselves and just focusing on the team championship to get themselves that, um, yeah. uh, that pit spot that, yeah. you know... Is going to help him with the next championship, mm. and you know, to me, that shows maturity. The the unfortunate comments uh, out there, you know, it is what it is. It, it's a sad thing. I would have loved for uh, those motors to have been pulled down and them to find nothing. But I still don't really understand. You know, there's so many ways of measuring lift, and like I said, um, my background in this field. Uh, with the experience that I've got, I'm pretty sure that if I tore down any of those engines, I'd find something wrong with them. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? And it won't necessarily be a deliberate mistake. It'll be more than likely just the way that I'm interpreting the rules. Yeah. So yeah. it would be very interesting to find out exactly how and why and under... Sorry, how and what and under what conditions they measure the valve lift mm. because I'd imagine those things have about 700,000 lift. Yeah. So three and a half thou, you know, you look at that in terms of percentages, it's um, it's nothing. Well, it's half a percent. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so. The other thing is we have a few departures from supercars as well. So Richie Stanaway overnight has announced his retirement from racing full time of on any level. So Richie's pulled the pin. Um, he was gonna. With respect, I say this with the utmost respect. He would probably struggle to find a ride next year anyway with Gary Rogers departing the sport. Yeah, Richie was probably going to be battling to find a ride. Nissan Altimas, that's the last time you'll see Nissan Altima in a V8 supercar series. And no one looks surprised here or going to miss that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Let's put it that way. And uh, Simona, well, you're still going to see him. They're just going to have Mustang bodies on him. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's all that's changed. And uh, Simona Dil Silvestro, she's also taken off as well. She will most likely get a gig. A Porsche gig, yeah? Yeah, she yeah. Has got, well, she's got that. But she, what I was going to say was she'll most likely do get enduro gigs next yeah. year. Yeah. Right. We hope yeah. to see her back. Tim Slade has also announced his departure from Brad Jones. Yet to reveal where he's going. Now, the mm. Gary Rogers franchises, mm-hmm. right? Where are they going? I, I still don't know to this, to this well, day. Well, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say, have the Kostekis bought it? Don't know. Find it next year, I, I guess. Know. I guess we will. Mm. Yeah. I guess we will. But, I mean, it would be, be logical for me 
to to think that you know they would have you know mm. at least inquired about it. There's I mean, they, they've been very. I I, I got to tell you, I they have been very very successful. Those the um, uh, Andrew. Oh, you're talking about the fathers or the, <laughs> no, no, the, the boys? The, yeah. the, the cousins. Yep, Brody and... Brody uh, and Kurt. Jake? Uh, Jake, Jake, Kurt, yeah. Jake. Brody and Jake. They've been very successful when you consider, you know, this is their first crack at the big league. And mm. they've sort of placed, you know, sixth, seventh yeah. around there, which is incredible. When, mm. when you think about that, I mean, um, you got... 25 professional drivers out there mm. and um and those guys they've done an amazing something incredible in, in my opinion so um you know is it time for them to step up to to the big league and and if gary rogers is getting out of the v8 supercar deal i mean he's got the franchises he's got the staff obviously the cars mm. it would yeah. be an easy transition for them to just take all the the uh, trucks and so on and so forth that they used to cart the stuff around. Mm. Um, is he is he continuing on with the eighty sixes and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, yeah. All his yeah. other motorsport interests will be continuing. In particular, the S five thousand. Interesting. Well, maybe. Well, I guess we'll have to watch this space. That was a throwaway line that none of you picked up. What? I said in particular. No, we were hoping it was S- going straight in the bin. S five thousand. Now I've heard that it's improved. Of course, it's improved. Talk today, and he reckons. Yeah, it was a lot better. Yeah. So him and Nick watch it now. <laughs> Todd, <laughs> go away. <laughs> no, I'd, I, I'd be good if they replaced the S5000 with, say, Andrew Championship Drag Racing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I'm... We'll leave that one right alone. Okay, we'll take a short break here and we'll be back right after this. Hi everyone, it's Nick from the Talking Power Podcast and thanks for tuning in. If you like podcasts, I have another podcast called the Sylvan Australia Podcast where we talk all things agriculture. On the Sylvan Australia Podcast, we discuss the agricultural industry with a view to inform and advise our listeners different practices, news and industry trends across Australia. So you can find that podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud, or if you go to the Sylvan Australia website, you'll be able to find it there. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, episode 74 of the Talking Power podcast. We're on 88.5 FM Saturday mornings from 8.30 to 10 a.m. Also, Podbean, Stitcher. What are you guys laughing at? What's so funny about that? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and our website as well, so you can catch us there or wherever you get your podcast from. Tune in there. Hey, um, NHRA has wrapped up. I know that when we recorded last, um, that it was heading into the final meet, so they've had the Winter Nationals in top few, as we said before. Steve Torrance took the took the championship there in funny car. Robert Height, great to see him have a win over there. Yes, Steve Torrance over Doug Coletta. How yes. many times is Doug Coletta going to be a runner-up? Yeah, yeah, he's almost turned into the Ron Caps of Top Fuel, isn't he? I um, also yeah. So Robert Height uh, over Jack Beckman in the end in Funny Car. Erica Enders got the job done. Well done to her. That's her third championship in Pro Stock over teammate Jack Coughlin Jr. And in Pro Stock Bike, Andrew Hines had a reasonable lead coming into the final round over Jerry Savoie. So well done to those guys. And as we mentioned earlier, a few podcasts ago, Stevie Fast had already won a The rules are changing now in Pro Stock Bike, aren't they? I'm not aware of that, no. 
Oh, no. I, I was under the impression that they're going to allow the four-valve engines in. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because of the that. Harley uh, dominance. Yeah, okay. Because Andrew Hines was riding a Harley, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so they really gave uh, Harley-Davidson and... Um, uh, Bill? Bill, that's oh, it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they basically gave those guys um, all the resources they mm. needed to win, and they've dominated. So uh, my understanding is that the Japanese engines um, have had to be two-valve for a long time, and I believe that they're allowing a four-valve billet head now. Wow. Yeah, okay. So um, I may have read that wrong, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they dominate next season. Obviously, it'll take a while for them to get them dialed in. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was their NHRA has wrapped up. So they're in a hiatus. Uh, I think a lot of motorsports are wrapping up. We've got the Formula yeah. One. We'll be finishing up this weekend as well from Abu Dhabi. So MotoGP's done and dusted. Yep, yep. So yep. We get, if you've got some ideas of some content you want to flick our way, because we've got an hour and a half to talk about. <laughs> Maybe we years. No, no, we'll find something. Talk about what? Movie reviews. No. Oh, we we still need to get to see that Ford versus yeah, Ferrari. We do. Yeah, we need to organise that before we go tonight. See Channel yeah. 7 cashed in on it. Did they? They found an old interview from the 90s with Carol Shelby. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they're, they're US correspondent. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, well, we need to organise that tonight before we go. And Carol I'm... Shelby looked nothing like Matt Damon. No, he <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> no. No, but I think he's a good enough actor to. The the thing is, it's not appealing that movie to. They're not. I mean, yes, they'll get the the people like us to go see it, but I think they're appealing. It's gone a hundred million in the box office. Yeah, they're appealing to a much wider audience than you and me. That was one of the disappointing things that I read about the reviews that they um, have managed to do the movie without romanticising the cars, and I'm thinking that's not. (laughs) What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the outcome that we wanted. So, what are you you're telling the story about? Ford wasted a lot of money to win a race. <laughs> well, I haven't yet to see the movie, so I, I don't. I want to reserve judgment to after we've seen it. But I, I'm I'm curious to see how they do portray Ford and also Ferrari as well in this movie. Well, the, I don't know if I said this at the last episode but um the rumor was that they wanted uh, de niro mm, to place yeah. ferrari and, and when he turned down the role um they basically rewrote it mm. and you know didn't really have that much ferrari yeah you know yeah would have been good to see de niro do oh yeah i also want to see the 24-hour war i'm going to see that one as well that's a documentary on the same subject so what Did I romanticise the cars in that one? No, I think it's more <laughs> factual, that one. It's a Adam Carolla um, what the, what, Are one. you saying that Ford versus Ferrari isn't factual? No, no <laughs> I don't know how much... Um, I don't know how much creative... Influ- yeah, have, have put into that movie. So until I see it, then we'll, we'll decide from there. Hey, look, as we said at the opening of the podcast, we're the Aussie Park Show. There's a lot of people I'd love to thank for coming down. In particular, this man and his wife sitting across from... Not his wife, she's not here tonight, but for bringing their car down there, the BA Door Slammers. A lot of effort that went into that to get the car there, get it started up and had it running there. 
Also, Antonio Scarfo for the use of his monster truck. They are called Monster Promotions. If you need a monster truck, they're the guys to go. So check them out, Monster Promotions. Uh, also, Glenn Salamone for the use of his Prime Mover. Don from Sterling Glass for the use of his truck. In particular, Tony DiCicco and the Austin Park Show Committee uh, for giving us the opportunity to display all those cars there. Mike Pearson from Beat the Heat. Uh, Angelo Chiera from Nick and Alberto uh, is helping organise it with myself. David Norella for his assistance as well. Uh, and Ray Treasure and the Motorplex for also helping out uh, with giveaways and assistance. Um, yeah, just giving us some giveaways there. They were really. But what about uh, the Madman? Uh, and, and Joe the Madman as well for helping set up as well. Missed him. Sorry, Joe. Um, and of course, it was, everyone that bought their cars. It was great to uh, get some kids. Mm. in BA Baracus yeah, get some yeah. photos um, I, I don't think a lot of people have seen a real drag car up close no um, and you know we live in a world where you know there, there are guys that drive a thousand k's in their five second cars in, in events like drag week um, and you know obviously Harry's car no slouch and also Daniel's car and, and, mm. and Frank's car mm. it's gone 680 Frank's car yeah. so so uh, you you sort of it, it doesn't really um, seem like that big a deal, but then when you see a blown Hemi up close and you hear it or feel it <laughs> more yeah. so, um, you know it does still amaze kids. They um, they still really are blown away by it, and that's uh, it's awesome to be able to bring that yeah. to to somewhere like the Aussie Park Show. Yeah. Which, and, um, and hopefully we're there next year as well. We'll be later in the day next year, so in the bit of the cool of the evening. Yeah, maybe even on the Friday night. Yeah, we're working towards that, so getting us a bit later in the day, or even on the Friday night or the Saturday night, whereas I actually went back on the Saturday night and it was much, much cooler in the evening. So we will work towards that, and thanks to all those guys and girls. Hey, uh, coming events, we've got the WA Drag Racing Championships Round 2, and which is also Round 1 of the SummerSlam Series. That's November 30. Now, they've had some rule changes, I've been told. Have they? Yeah, so SummerSlam now has to run under the Andra Top Door Slammer rules. Wow, that's a, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I was told this by one of the guys on the committee. Yep. Um, that they decided that uh, it would be smart to do that. I said to him, but there is no Andrew Top Door Slammer racing. And he said, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. All right. So maybe Andrew's getting ready for... <laughs> oh, well, we can only hope. We can only hope. Hey, uh, December 7, it's the WA Sprint Car title, the John Day Classic. Uh, December 8 is the speed event at Barbagallo Raceway. Are you heading down for that one, Todd? Yeah, maybe. I know okay. there's also another round of the Targa... Well, Target Sprint Series in the next yeah, that's, couple of weeks. Uh, that's today, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's either next week or the week after. I've got to confirm the dates. Do you want to check? Let's, let's yeah, I'm pretty sure check. it's today. No. No. So we've just checked the website. It's actually December 5th, Thursday. The Thursdays. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the event I was talking about was last week. That's already <laughs> been done. <laughs> so, Todd, you're hoping? Hoping, yeah. Yep. Just waiting on some parts. So, so you missed the last one, yeah, because you forgot to enter. And I found out I probably could have entered at the very last minute. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I've got a nav now, and I've got. Do you have to run nav? L plates? No. No. Probably P should, plates? Probably should. No, you don't have to. But no, I'll be out there being 
baiting you. Oh, these are time attack, mm. like one lap at a time. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they don't really need to know whether you're an no. amateur or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, navigator? You able to say? No, not at the moment. All right. Okay, you just said yeah. You, you don't know, need so. one? No, I have to have one. You have to have not one. Not you haven't got one. No, I'm not, I do. I'm not saying at the moment, though. What, they don't know yet? <laughs> no, they know. <laughs> They're dead keen. It was good. So, do they have to have some sort of cams license or something? Yeah, they do. Sorry, I've got someone pretty good going the passenger seat. Okay. Yeah. So to get my finger out and get the car is it, ready. Is it a, is it a, a complicated <laughs> track? Like, is there a lot? Is it going to be a lot of Todd? You need to turn here. <laughs> Todd, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we wish you well with that. Todd will be yeah. down there. It's at the motorplex, yeah. Yeah. I thought right. it was just straight. <laughs> No, they, they go in. Did the, I miss something? They go on the car park and they cut into the pit lane and then you come. Okay, in. so you go straight and turn left. <laughs> this is next Thursday. We're and talking then, about it. Yeah, yeah. Do we need a camera crew there? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a helicopter to get me out of there. But you know, Wait, has anyone got a drone license? <laughs> no, I mean, do you need a camera? Do you, I'll be down there. Do I need? Maybe. Do need, yeah. Well, um, I said I'm waiting in one part for the car, so. The engine. <laughs> That's not funny at the moment. I had a moment the other night where the engine stopped going in a forward manner. But we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> Anyone anyway. talk to Captain Scud? Captain Scud's cornered the market on late model Evo parts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, December 14 was Super Sportsman Showdown at the Perth Motorplex. And I am going to endeavour to go on Boxing Day to USA versus WA Sprint Car Speed Week. I haven't been to Speed Week since I was 17 or 18 and I bought a t-shirt there that said Speed Week. Isn't that a TV show? Yes, but the Speed Week has been in WA where it's USA versus WA for years, long time. And the demo daddy. Yeah, well, you don't go for who's, the demo Who's brought the uh, American team in? Because Luch used to bring him in. Yeah, Luch. I don't know who's bringing it in this year. I don't think it's Luch, but... I'll probably be down there. I'll see you down there. Boxing day. Yeah, no. Can't wait. Can't wait. I won't. <laughs> and just closing of the show, also, Roscoe McGlashan interview. I'm just finalising that one, part two. If you haven't watched part one, head to our website, head to our YouTube channel, head to our Facebook page. It's there on all... On that note, Bloodhound, the yeah. updates. 6.28, and that's it. Yeah. They've called it. They wanted to go six... They wanted to do 600, and they got 628 yeah. out of it. Now they go away, take now the data, yeah. and... Yeah, they, what, what they learned from the 628, they'll go back again. That's miles an hour. Yeah. Miles yep. an hour, so, yep. yeah. Yep, so how close are they to the... Uh, the other one was called Bloodhound too, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Bloodhound SSC was the first one. And this one's Bloodhound... LLC. Okay, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's, I think that's limited company or something no, in America no, it's not LLC it's Bloodhound I can't remember something R isn't it for Rocket I can't remember LSR 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 yeah there you go 628 that, have you seen the video of that it is amazing is it yeah, yeah it's pretty straight too oh, probably for the driver it felt like it was out of control but watching it from the in-car footage it looked so, not too bad okay so where is the record at the moment Seven hundred and ninety, I believe. So yeah, we just looked at the FIA um, absolute world records, and it is at the current 
world land speed record sits at 760 mile an hour. That's that's for the flying kilometre. For the flying mile, it's 763. 63, yeah. 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 And that was that's held by Thrust SSC in the USA, Black Rock Desert. That was back in 1997. I do I, I do recall that, actually. Yeah, happening yeah it, was, in the day. it was two fighter engines strapped to some wheels. Yeah. <laughs> With a, an ex-fighter jock in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty much. It looked like something out of Star Wars. Yeah. I think we saw a picture of it before, wasn't it? There was a picture of it before. Yeah. Yeah. So so they went 700 and... No, 600 and... 700. Oh, they went 628. 620. 620. Yeah. So, so they're about 140 miles... But I don't think that their intention was not to break the record. No, no, but that's still pretty to, close. Yeah, yeah, it was to sneak up on it. In the, so. in the scheme of things, that's um, that's pretty close. Mm, yeah, yep, certainly is. So anyway, yeah, head to our website and you can see Roscoe McGlashan interview. Part two will be coming out any day now and I will keep you posted. All right, guys, on that note, we'll call this podcast quits and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Take it day. easy, Nick. Oh, I will. <laughs> We're both really late. Back to the aren't we? We're just, yeah, yeah no so worries, Nick. Me and Todd are going to continue on with the podcast. You can go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, have a holiday, you know. Do I look that tired, do I? Uh, yeah, you I do, am, actually. I am. I'm very tired. I'll explain to you why later. Uh, <laughs> all right. On that note, thanks, guys. See you. See you. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.